Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, we are rolling along here. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Buster only ready to go here. We'll get him in after Aaron Judge hits his 60th home run last night. We unapologetically are talking baseball today. And, and so here's is a perfect example. Christine Lisi is doing the Sports Center update that precedes us here. She does it top of every hour. She's outstanding. And she just said the words, and they are accurate. She's not wrong, and it is her job to say them. But she just said the words after Aaron Judge last night became only the sixth player to hit 60 home runs in a season. And that's the point. We don't get that excited about the sixth person to do anything. But he isn't that. He's more than that. And that's what I'm trying to get to. So Robert Stanberry, only the third, who grew up on a dairy farm in Vermont, milking cows and watching baseball. That's pretty much all Buster did his entire childhood. He milked cows and he watched baseball. Those are the only two things he cares about. And I, I need your help, Buster. Because, and I, talk, I had Michael Kay on earlier and, and I'm calling Costas on this. I can't, cons- I cannot put this into the context in my mind that I'm comfortable with, which is to say, to merely accurately point out that what Aaron Judge is on the verge of doing is going to break the, quote, American League home run record, and that last night he became the sixth player in history with a 60 home run season. It doesn't satisfy me. It's not the right way to explain what's happening here. Help me. Well, then you should get comfortable with this phrase. What we're seeing is the greatest season of any player uh, in the history of baseball. And and that is, you know, you could uh, immediately sort of push back and say recency bias and come on, that's kind of silly. But when you really process what's going on, when you've seen what's happened with offense in baseball, that you've seen how difficult uh, hitting in baseball has become, this is the, absolutely the case for me. And, you know, first and foremost, I believe in, in the evolution of hitters and, you know, players today are better than they were 80 years ago. But even in the last 10 years, the game has changed so much. Yesterday I was talking with Mike Trout, and I asked him, you know, hey, tell me about – how, what hitting is like now compared to when you started, which was in 2011. And he talked about the advent of analytics and how front offices now design strategies against every hitter, how every manager is looking for a matchup, uh, and how every reliever now uh, in a parade of relievers comes out throwing 100 miles per hour. It's more difficult now to hit than it's ever been in the history of baseball, and yet Aaron Judge – in the second half of this year, he's batting 372. He's got a 506 on base percentage. He's got an 853 slugging percentage with basically no protection around him because the Yankees have been crushed by injuries. And here we are talking about him not only uh, beating Roger Maris's record for home runs, but also uh, right now he's in line to win a triple crown. It's incredible. So get comfortable with the phrase best ever when you're talking about Judge. I'm with you, and I love it, and that's outstanding. 
But that's very baseball. Like that, that, that is something that we say because we know the game. But a home run record is something that once upon a time was something, and I made this point earlier, would have led the evening news. Like in our childhood, Buster, you and I, Walter Cronkite would have been sitting behind a desk saying tonight, uh, Aaron Judge hit his 60th home run. And that's what this is lacking. And so Hembo, your buddy Hembo, made an interesting point. He said, if the commissioner of Major League Baseball can decide, and again, I fully support these decisions, but can decide to institute a pitch clock to rule that the shift is no longer allowed and to make the size of the bases larger, essentially to just fundamentally change things that have been intrinsic to the sport for the entirety of its history. And once again, I like all of those decisions. Then what is to say he cannot, 20-something years later, do something that contextualizes the record book? What, What is there that keeps them from doing that? Yeah, it's because once you start pulling on those threads, you're basically going to wipe out huge gaps of history, and you'd be telling fans that what they saw wasn't real. Uh, And whether that's, you know, you can decide for yourself whether or not that's the truth, but if you were to say Barry Bonds' single-season record is 73, well, that doesn't count because we think he was using PDs. Okay, well, if you're saying that, then what about a lot of the pitchers you threw to him? What about the team results? What about the tickets that you bought <laughs> you know, to, to see these games in 98? You know, the, the baseball's perspective is now that stuff is not real. So they have run in the other direction from pulling on those threads. They'll never do it. They'll never come in and say, hey, uh, uh, you know, you know this, the PD era, that doesn't count anymore. And the fact is, is that uh, part of what you've described, that's collateral damage out of the PED era. You know, that wasn't what, you know, players were thinking when they were sticking needles in their butts, but that is the effect of this, that now the numbers that were hallowed back in in 1990, uh, 61 homers, uh, 714, 755, all those numbers that we all memorized, 500 home runs, that list of guys who did that, that's been diminished by what we saw in the steroid. There's no getting around that, but baseball can't run from it uh, because once you start doing that, you go down a slippery slope and <laughs> it, it would get ugly. But Buster, we're not saying that those seasons didn't happen. What we're saying is that those seasons are not the equal of this season. I saw Lance Armstrong win seven Tour de France titles, but none of them count now because we all know retroactively that that was the right thing to do. So what is stopping Rob Manfred from, on the day Aaron Judge hits his 62nd home run, from calling a news conference and saying, this is the true home run record. I'm the commissioner, and I can say so. Uh, well, Hembo, here's the thing. Lance Armstrong is a single person, uh, you know, in that in, in, he's like a gold medalist in an Olympic game. You could take away his medal. If you start taking away results in a team sport, boy, <laughs> okay, so we're not going to recognize what Bonds did or let's say, uh, you know, what Roger Clemens did during his time. Well, then does that mean the Yankees 2000 championship doesn't count? Hmm. Does that mean that they're, you know, a string of four titles in five years? That actually isn't the case. And, again, I, I, I do believe this. I've had this conversation with high-ranking baseball officials in the past. Uh, once you start doing that and you start saying, yeah, that doesn't mean uh, much or, you know, that's not that, uh, you know, that's diminished in our eyes, 
Boy, you're telling people that what they paid to get wasn't actually what they uh, felt like they were laying their money down Mm. for. That's a dangerous place to go for a professional sport. But are you actually telling them anything they don't already know? Like, like what is it? I'm. What is it we're saying that everyone doesn't already know? We already know the game was riddled right. with performance-enhancing drugs at that time. We 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 have come to terms with that. It means to each individual fan whatever that fan chooses to make of it. The games happened. The games were played. The championships were won. The banners stay up there. I'm not asking to take any of that down. There was an asterisk in the record book for a very long time next to Roger Maris's name. Now, the asterisk in this day and age has a very bad connotation in baseball. So something else. There is a syringe emoji. Uh, Buster, we could put that next to the record and then put judge next to it. I, I say that jokingly, but we could do there could be some other way. Again, I'm not suggesting we strike all this from our memory or even from the record books. But here I'm going to give you an example of, of a place that this, this is not apples to apples, but I think it is relevant. If you wanted to, you could take the pro football record book and you could say that Jim Brown has the record for most yards rushing in a season when there were 12 games. And then there's a 14-game record, and that record would belong to O.J. Simpson. Mm. And then there's a 16-game record, and that record would belong to Eric Dickerson. And then if someone breaks it in 17 games, you could say, there's a 17-game record. That's what they could have done with Ruth and Maris back. Instead of asterisking one, you could have said, there's a 154-game record, and there's a 162-game record. My point is, you can provide some context fairly easily without absolutely striking from the record the things that happened before. I know this isn't the same thing as that, Buster, but is anything like that even remotely possible? Well, you could in theory, and this might be the, the needle that, uh, that you'd be able to thread, would be to have in the record book, uh, you know, holds the record for most homers in a season after baseball began testing in 2006. Boom. And by the way, that's the delineation that a lot of writers have taken, which is why, you know, the, the Manny Ramirez's and other players who were busted for steroids will never get into the Hall of Fame because there are a lot of writers who do draw a line at that point. Maybe that's the line you have. And I would push back on, on your saying that, uh, yeah, the, that, the, the, you know, what we would be said is not anything the fans don't realize. I think a lot of fans don't realize how saturated the sport was for so many years with uh, with performance in enhancing drug use, including right after World War II when a lot of players started taking greenies. Right. Correct. So, so there's always been some element of that. But, but clearly, yes. th- there is no way to ignore, Buster, that in 147 seasons of Major League Baseball, no one ever hit 62 home runs. And then in a four-year span, it happened six times. Like that, 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 in a court of law, I think that would be considered conclusive evidence, no? Yes. I, I, look, I agree with you. I just think if from an official capacity in Rob Manfred's seat, once you start to erase uh, points of history, boy, that takes you to a dangerous place I when agree. you're talking about running a professional sport. But in terms of a record book, 
That, to me, would be the delineation. Hmm. Aaron Judge, the greatest home run hitter after baseball, started testing for PEDs. Well, there you go. I mean, I, I, you know, Buster, is he's just solved the problem. That is a perfectly reasonable way of doing this. And again, I, this, I'm not, I am not a Rob Manfred critic. I'm not sitting here. I'm not the one sitting here saying he's doing anything wrong. I think there is a solution to this problem, and I think Buster just may have put his finger on what it could be. You're the best, my friend. Thank you, Robert. Thanks, guys. All right, that's Buster Only with me here again, the Baseball Tonight podcast and everything else. It's Greeny coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. We are also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Meanwhile, there's one thing that everyone is worried about in this that I'm not the least bit concerned with. And I'll tell you what that is next on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I agree with you on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place where finding great candidates is easy, and that place is ZipRecruiter, where they find and match the right candidates for you. And right now, you can try it free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So what did you tell me that a, uh, there's a poll that a Wall Street Journal writer put up? Yes. The, the, let me pull it up to make sure that I get this right. Because the, it seems like there's a lot of consternation among Yankee fans about who's going to be calling these games this week. Because obviously, Aaron Judge is approaching this crazy large number. So Joe Flint from the Wall Street Journal tweeted, How mad will Yankee fans be who can't see Friday's game? because it's on Apple TV, B, if Judge hasn't tied or broken Maris's record yet. The two options in his poll are A, totally furious, or B, psychotic. Okay, so I said to you yesterday, 
I'm not the least bit worried about this. I will amend that because it hadn't occurred to me that not everyone can see that, right? So um, I, I, even I, now I am, we literally spent 10 minutes yesterday joking about how technologically inept I am. And yet even I know how to watch something on Apple TV. But right? you have it. But because I have it. And it hadn't occurred to me. Do we live in a world now where lots of people don't have that? Now, now I'm asking a question I honestly don't know. Like in this world where it feels to me like everyone watches television on Netflix and Hulu and um, Amazon Prime and even I do. Even I know what there's a I'm watching shows on there. Only murders in the building. And now we just started watching the old man and whatever. Like even I watch that stuff. Isn't that what TV is now? Now, I spend my whole life around either people my age or people much younger because I'm around my kids and their friends. My kids and their friends only watch those channels. Like, they watch ESPN on the app. They watch ESPN on ESPN+. Plus. They watch games on there, whatever it is. Like, that, that's how they watch TV. Let me ask you a question. Go ahead. How old are you? I'm 55. You are literally the average baseball fan's age. You. Right. What percentage of sporting events, live sporting events, do you stream rather than watch on TV normally? What Be, per- well, none because I don't have to. But if I had to, I would, and I wouldn't have a problem with well, it. It's no, once, you, once you click play, it isn't any different than putting on a channel, is it? I'll, I'll say this. There are a lot of Yankees fans that won't watch the game on Friday night. Be- a lot of Yankees fans. Because, because either they don't have it, they don't know how to get it. Well, I guess on some level, that's the reason it's there, right? I mean, just the business side of this. The reason they want these games is because all those people who don't know how to find it are going to make a point of finding it now. Sure. So it's serving its purpose. It's I, serving I, their purpose. Right. But it's not serving the purpose of the average Yankee fan. Well, here's what I'll say. Is it... Okay. That, I'm, I'm just going to give you that part. If, if, you, if you don't have it and you don't have the ability to watch that, I'm not, I do not accept I don't know how to watch it. I will accept there is a cost involved and I don't want to pay that cost. That I will fully accept. That I get. I'm, I'm, I totally understand a person saying, I'm not paying my money to watch this game. That I totally accept. The concern about who's going to call it, I find very... I just find it overdone. I mean, I get it. Like, Michael called it last night. That's great. He's the voice of the Yankees. I love it. John Sterling called it on the radio last night. He'll be doing the games this weekend. You will have the John Sterling call for posterity. I don't know. I I am a little bit – look, even as one who works in the industry, I'm a little surprised at how much consternation there seems to be over this. I listened to nearly the entire Michael K. show yesterday. Right. And there were more callers and more discussion about that. Who's going to call the game – and what if you don't get to? Then literally any other topic on their show combined. It's a huge deal to ardent Yankees fans, so I think it's important to talk about. This is a huge deal. Is Yankee it a big fans. deal to you, Nuno? It is, because it's not only Friday night, right? And Apple TV, like, most people, I think, have it. But, you know, Thursday night's game is on Fox. And while Joe Davis is a – I think it's Joe Davis who's doing it. It is. is. It, yeah, so – It's Joe he's, Davis. So he's, he's the a, national voice of Major okay, League Baseball but that's, on but a he's network. Not, but he's not the voice of the Yankees. That's the thing. I think we lose some of that, right? Like, some of the greatest calls have happened in the playoffs. So, right? So, Vin, you know, has had a lot of those moments. And, and Jack Buck and Joe Buck, because those were playoff moments. But this is regular season. You want to hear your guy make 
make that call. I'm reading right now in the New York Post that it's going to be Adam Amin and not Joe Davis on the call on Thursday on Fox, okay. by the way. Well, Adam's very good. Very good. I mean, it's going to be a good call. And then, is the game Saturday on MLB Network? Yes. Did that's someone co- tell me that's, that? That's Costas. But, so that's Bob. That's Costas. You got a problem with Bob? Doing not at all. Game? No, of course not. definitely not. And that's it's also on ESPN Radio, this, both games this weekend. Even so better. Either. So who's doing that game for us? Uh, I know Sunday it's Boog Shambi. So there you go. So that's good. I mean, like, I, I just... Uh, like, here's the thing. I'm going to play... So I asked uh, Nuno to put a bunch of all-time legendary great calls on here. Here we go. Little roller up along first. Behind the bag. It gets to Buckner. Here comes Knight and the Mets win it. It's one of the greatest calls of all time. That's Vin Scully calling a play that took place between the New York Mets and the Boston Red Sox. Vin Scully was the voice of the Los Angeles Dodgers. You have a problem with that call? No, but it's Vin Scully. Okay, but everyone is someone. I mean, not everyone can be Vin Scully. Joe Davis is the guy that they have, or Adam. I mean, this is who replaced Joe Buck on the national broadcast. Like, I don't, I, I, here's another one. We have a big 3-2 pitch coming here from Eckersley. Gibson swings and a fly ball to deep right field. This is going to be a home run. Unbelievable. A home run for Gibson. And the Dodgers have won the game 5-4. to four. I don't believe what I just saw. That's Jack Buck, the voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, calling a game between the Dodgers and the A's, right? That's that's Dennis Eckersley throwing a pitch that Kirk Gibson hit for a home run, one of the most famous moments in baseball history. He goes around second base, pumping his arm like that. That happened in the 1988 World Series between two teams that Jack Buck did not call games for. You got a problem with the call? No, but Jack Buck was inducted to the Hall of Fame in 1987. So might Joe Davis be someday. Bob Costas is in the Hall of Fame. Of, of course not. If you can't see the game, I get it. That I get. I, I, I'm not arguing with that. If you don't have access to Apple TV, I mean, can't you watch that on your phone, I think? Like, yes, I know you maybe can. you don't want to, but you can watch that on your phone, can't you? Like, I don't know. Yes, I don't watch games yes. on my phone, but some people do. You Actually, can. every now and again, if I'm stuck somewhere, I'll put a game on on my phone. You can watch a game on your phone now. Like, this isn't that complicated. Yeah, I got some more of him here. What, what else have I got here? Let's, let's try this. Two balls, no strikes on Roger Maris. Here's the windup. Fastball hit deep to right. It's put the hit. Way back there. Holy cow. All right, so that one doesn't help my argument. That's Phil Rizzuto. Come on, dude. <laughs> Okay, so look, yeah, like Phil Rizzuto calling the, the Maris is 61. So that's a good call. I'm not saying no. Am I we saying? Have, we have one more one call we didn't put up there. Go ahead. Uh, we got this one, too. Here's a pitch on the way. A swing and a belt. Left field. Way back. Blue Jays win it. The Blue Jays are World Series champions. As Joe Carter hits a three-run home run in the ninth inning, and the Blue Jays have repeated as World Series champions. Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. So there you go. So what is the point? Now, if the only argument you're making to me is those are postseason moments, and we are accustomed to postseason moments being called by people who are not affiliated with teams, I get it. But at the end of the day, a moment is a moment, so long as it is captured appropriately and well. I, 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 I get it. Look, would I like it for Michael's sake? Michael's my friend. So I'm sure he would love the opportunity to call that. He did a really good job with last night. He will do a really good job. But I have confidence that anyone who's doing a major league broadcast will do a good job. It doesn't, it's not for Michael's sake. 
It's for the sake of millions of New York Yankees fans that have never seen someone hit a 60, 61st, or 62nd home run. And they want to hear Michael Kay tell them that and literally no one else. So who are you mad at? Like, I guess what I'm asking is, like, like how long has it been since one network had 162 of the 162 games. And when I woke, when I was a kid growing up, some of the games were on Channel 11 and then cable came along and some of the games were here and some, like, this is just the way it goes. What we're right saying now. is, all day, for an hour and a half now, you've been telling us how important this record is. Right. And there's a whole bunch of people that won't be able to see it go down on Friday. That's a different problem. If you can't see it, then I'm with you. I, I, I do, hmm, you probably couldn't do anything about that. I don't know. Anyway, I, I want to continue this conversation. I'm getting backed up on a bunch of other stuff here. Uh, the most interesting thing about the home run last night, by far, has not even been raised yet. Greeny, the podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, so every now and again here on ESPN Radio, we get the opportunity to just listen to famous calls or different play-by-play calls. I remember on the old show, we used to play like the great calls that the students would do when their teams make the NCAA tournament. Play-by-play calls are fun to listen to out of context. Like in the moment, it, you know, it all kind of flows together. But in, when you're sitting here, a really good call all this time later or separate from it is kind of fun to listen to. So what else do I have down here? I have, um, I have Hank Aaron, 715. So I believe both Vin Scully and Milo Hamilton called this. Do I have that right? You do. I think they both called it. Let's see which one we have. Sitting on 714. Here's the pitch by Downing. Swinging. There's a drive into left center field. That ball is going to be out of here. 
Payne. There's a new home run champion of all time, and it's Henry Aaron. The fireworks are going. Henry Aaron is coming around third. His teammates are at home plate, and listen to this crowd. The sellout crowd is cheering. Henry Aaron, the home run king of all time, 715. That's pretty good. He met the moment. That's pretty good. Man, that's yeah, good. that's pretty good. I got. I've not, I, I'm not. I'm. I have no complaints, nor do I have any real argument against you on that one. Um, what else have I got here? Is it? This is another call. So I have two Kirk Gibsons up here. Nuno, are these two different calls? Yeah. So the other one is Vin. The shorter. Oh, this one. is Vin. The, the, this would have been the local radio, right? This would have been the Dodger. So this is the Dodgers hometown announcer. Let's hear that. Oh, my God. It's so good. Well, that's painful. Like how I mean, it it hurts me that it's so good. Like that that actually makes me uh, whether he wrote it or not. It does. It sounds so unscripted. Like it just came out of his mouth as though those were literally the thought. That was literally the thought that came to his mind in that instant. I think it's the best baseball call ever. I mean, either that one or his Buckner call, but he lays out for a second and then delivers that sentence. Improbable. Impossible. It's Perfect. It's yeah. Beautiful. Is it, do I have time to play the Bobby? T- How much time do I have, Bubs? I, I don't have time to play. We'll, we'll, we'll play some more as we go here. I got to pause and let the rest of the country that's not with us right now join us. But I, I do enjoy listening to those, the, the legendary calls of baseball history. We'll see what we get this week and we'll continue this discussion in 15 seconds. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. So there is one thing I would like to do today that I feel has never quite been done enough. Literally never. And the moment, I think, is here. I think we need to celebrate Roger Maris. I think we need Roger Maris, and I think we need younger sports fans, and by that I mean I'm not old enough to have seen Roger Maris. So you got to be pretty old to have seen Roger Maris play and to remember anything about him as a player. To me, he's always just been a name Like Roger Maris is just a name I knew all of my life. And for anyone who doesn't generally know the history, there were two reasons that no one wanted Roger Maris to break Babe Ruth's record. One of them is because it was Babe Ruth's record. The other of them is because he was on the same team as Mickey Mantle, who was the most beloved of the Yankees, and everyone, all the fans, wanted him to be the one to break the record. If someone was going to break Ruth's record, let it be Mantle, not let it be Maris, who I think... He came over from the Cardinals. He, he wasn't a life. He wasn't a, a homegrown player. All of that. So Hembo touched on it briefly. But do you know that Roger Maris went to his grave miserable about having broken the record? His hair fell out, all that kind of stuff. This was not a pleasant, pleasurable experience, and it's not something he was ever able to celebrate. They left an asterisk next to his home run for the rest of his life. So... Seeing Maris's family there, his son, I assume there's both his sons. I saw one of them I know is his son, Roger Maris Jr., and he was sitting next to someone else. Maybe that's another son. I don't know. One way or the other, celebrating Maris, this feels like a pretty good time to do that. It was all made so weird by McGuire. Like, when you look back now, when they show you video, when you see video of McGuire and Sosa in 98, 
Has anything ever looked more different than it felt at the time than watching old clips of those two guys in that time? I love the way that you phrase that. It looks... It looks like it shouldn't have happened. It almost looks like it didn't, like we were living in some sort of twilight zone. I, I, I think this is a good day and a good time to celebrate Roger Maris in some sense because he never was celebrated when he was alive. I have a really good quote from Roger Maris. He said later in life, Now they talk on the radio about the record set by Babe and DiMaggio and Henry Aaron, but they rarely mention mine. Do you know what I have to show for the 61 home runs? Nothing. Exactly nothing. It's a shame. Roger Maris went to his grave. Like you said believing that he was not the rightful holder of baseball single-season home run record. He was on the Hall of Fame ballot for 15 years and never got 50% of the vote. Now, the entirety of his career was not Hall of Fame worthy. I understand that. But he does hold or did hold the greatest record. Well, I'm not sure what words I'm looking for here. You're going to fight me on whether Maris should have been a Hall of Famer. I think Roger Maris uh, should be in the Hall of Fame. I think he belongs. Roger Maris also won the MVP in 1960. Like Roger Maris had a great prime and held baseball's most sacred number and I guess in some sense still does to this day yeah that's the record that might get broken so we can take a moment to celebrate him and his legacy and what he meant to the sport and what he should mean to the sport and then I will ask one final question for this day and Bubba I'll ask it to you right this minute Hembo asked it to me in the office this morning about 6 48 a.m. this morning Hembo turned to me and asked me this question. I still don't have the right answer. What's the most famous number in sports? What is the most famous number? What is the number that would most could be most identified as belonging to something in sports by the largest number of people? Is the number 60? Like, is, is this, is it this? What is it? Because if I asked you right now, you have worked in the sports media business for a long time. How many home runs did Barry Bonds hit? Do you know? I was seven. Exactly. Forty. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. You don't know. I mean, you know that he had to hit more than that because the record had been seven fifty-five. But the point is that you know you don't know the number. No one knows the number. No one knows it. That's amazing. No one knows the number off the top of their head. I'm not criticizing Bubba for that. No one knows it. Mm Mm-hmm. What's the single season record? Maybe people know it's 73, but they don't know it immediately. What is it? What's the most famous number? The most famous record in sports? Maybe it is 61. Is it 56? 56 for Joe DiMaggio? Yeah. That's what, yeah, we were talking about that before, just separately, and that's that's the number I threw out to Nuno just as another important number. I think 56, a lot of people will throw out there too, I think. I think most people would recognize that as a number and and as an important milestone and streak. Uh, 56, but I think it's 61. I think qualitatively, 56, Joe DiMaggio's consecutive games uh, in 1941 with a hit, I think that is the most enduring record in sports. I do believe, though, that the number 60 is the most magical, the most mythical, the most meaningful, and that's because it's the number that Babe Ruth hit, the number that Roger Maris surpassed, and it is the number, I think, to this day, and probably forevermore, that will be sort of a singular figure. It's also round. And it's, and, it's, and it's the home run record. It's the stat that we care most about in sports. Any sport, any discipline, home run is the stat that we have cared about for the longest time. And I think that's the number that will always stand tall. Nuno, what's the number? What, are we, what am I missing? What, 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 what is the most identifiable statistical number in so sport? So the only one, and I don't think it comes close, is 100, right? Wilt. It's Wilt. Uh, I thought of that. 
Because there's no other, like, we don't know off the top of our head, I mean, Pema will, like, what, how many hits Pete Rose got, right? Like, well, 3,000, right? Like, that used to be the number, 300, mm. like, with pitchers getting to 300. But even those have been watered down because we've let anyone in the uh, in the Hall of Fame except for the guys who did steroids. 500 home runs was a number that mattered a lot. But you wouldn't immediately identify that number. 100 is a good one. I thought about that one for this conversation. Wilt's 100 to also round. It's the most perfect of all possible right. records to hold. That's really good. Where that number is, the, the, the iconic picture of him holding the little sign, little handmade cardboard, someone on a, took a pen and wrote the number 100 on a little ripped up piece of paper, and Wilt Chamberlain held it up because the game wasn't even on television. Uh, that, 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 I think, is right there with all of them. These numbers, is there another one from any other sport? Like, is there a football number? 2,000 was that. In my childhood, 2,003 was a very big number. That's the number. That's how many yards O.J. Simpson ran for. He actually broke the record in the final game of the season or broke the 2,000 mark in the final game of the season, broke Jim Brown's single-season rushing record, uh, and he did it against the Jets in the final game of the season. I still remember him being carried off on his teammates' shoulders. That was a very big deal. But that since has been broken. I think the record is twenty one oh five. That's right by Eric Dickerson mm-hmm. now. But that's certainly not like these numbers. I don't know. It's fascinating to me. What is the number that is most immediately identifiable with a person or a record in any sport? I think fifty six, sixty. And 100, based upon our conversation, are the three that would hold the most weight. You could ask an average basketball fan how many points Kareem scored. I'm not sure they could guess within 5,000 points. I think the same could go... Honestly, f- I don't know. Sure. That's the point. Right. This he is, is the record holder, as to be much clear, a, for most points scored. A commentary on baseball as well, it is anything else. And what would happen if, like, Tiger had passed Jack? Would that have become a number Oh, that 18 is good. 18 is good. That's a good one. 18 is good. That's really good. 18 is good. Now, golf isn't as popular as all other sports, as some of the other sports we're talking about in general, but that's a pretty good one. That's a pretty iconic yeah. attachment mm-hmm. for a record, like a, a record that I think, if you ask anyone who knows anything about golf, what's the record for most majors in a career, they could tell you it's 18. Immediately. Right? I think so. I think so, too. Just like I think if you asked the same kind of fan on the baseball side about 56 or 60 or 714. They could do the same thing. Yeah, they know 714. 755? Do you think people still know 714? I mean, see, we're getting into a complicated area now because 714 is a number that I I might as well have had tattooed on myself when Mm -hmm. I was a child. But I don't know if this speaks badly of me, but I don't know that my kids know that number. Like, they know who Babe Ruth was, Mm -hmm. of course, is. I mean, they know know the name Babe Ruth. I think everyone knows the name Babe Ruth. But if, if you said... To my kids, how many home runs did Babe Ruth hit? I don't think they would know. Hmm. I don't think they would. If would I made your, your you, twins, Michelle and the other one, are they going to know that? Oh, Michelle and, and yes, Michelle and Charlotte are both very aware of that, as well as George Schistler's 1920 and 1922 seasons <laughs> and any number of other things. By the way, there was a moment when you were away on your uh, paternity leave where um, you you started just tweeting the most extraordinarily mundane baseball stats. The Stan Musial tweet. And oh, the Stan Musial 1948 season? Nuno brilliantly posited that you were having trouble getting the girls to sleep 
and you thought, if I read this to them, it'll just knock them out. They will just fall asleep. No one Very funny. could listen to you read those statistics and not fall asleep immediately. You're not into ni- uh, 1948 Stan Musial? N- not only that, but your inclusion of the word and oh. as many oh, times so- as you did was excruciating. It was a brutally boring stat, and you presented it just horribly. <laughs> I'd imagine that definitely irks your OCD tendency. It bothered me a lot. All right, l- let me finish it up today, however, with one fun story. And it is, it is a story that... You have to have been with me for a very long time to know, so I will take the liberty of retelling. Just going to sit back and have a little story time. Tell me a story. This happened a very long time ago. You could look up when it happened because you'll remember the game. My son, Stephen, was three years old, and he had never been to a baseball game. And Stace took my daughter on a trip. There was like a girl's trip with her sister and their mother, her mother, and they were taking just the girls. And I, I didn't, you know, that was, which is all well and good, but I wanted to do something special with Stevie. So I said, Stevie, we're going to go to your first ever baseball game. And my parents, both of them grew up in the Bronx, Yankee fans. We're going to go to Yankee Stadium. We're going to go to a baseball game. So I called up Michael Kay, and he helped me with tickets, and we go. We take Stephen to his first baseball game. It's April. It's freezing. It was so cold in Yankee Stadium that day. So we're sitting there. Yankees are playing this game, and it's going on, and the Yankees are getting blown out. I don't remember exactly what the score was, but they're getting blown out. And it's cold, and it's going on forever. This game took, I haven't looked it up lately, it took like 11 and a half hours to play. It's never-ending. So I turned to Steven at one point. My parents are freezing to death, but they're not going to say we're leaving now in front of, you know, the three-year-old. This is a, we, this, we're making this a special day. And I turned to Steven, and I said, just so you know, if you'd like to, we can leave anytime you want. And he said, Dad, let's leave when the game is over. So I said, that's my boy. That's my boy. So the game goes on and on and on, and I'm freezing. And then the seventh inning stretch happens, and everyone stands up. And I turned to Steven, and I said, Stevie, the game is over. And we left. We get into the car. We are driving home. Steven's favorite player was Alex Rodriguez. Alex Rodriguez hit a game-tying home run in the ninth inning of that game and then hit a walk-off grand slam in extra innings. And we weren't there to see it because I told my son the game ended in the seventh inning stretch. As God is my witness, that is a true story. (laughs) And we are driving home. We took the subway to the game. I parked my car in a garage somewhere in Manhattan, and we took the subway to to the Bronx. We take the subway back. We're in the car. We've said goodbye to my parents, and we are now in the car driving home. And I'm listening to the game on the radio. And when John Sterling goes into, it is high, it is far, on A-Rod's walk-off home run, I turn back and thank God. Steven, fast asleep, just out cold, fast asleep in the car seat, pacifier hanging out of his mouth, just out like a freaking light, thank (laughs) God. So I went on the radio, I mean, again, I told this story on Monday on Mike and Mike, and I said, anyone who sees my son, don't tell him how this game ended. And it was not until years later 
that I told this to him. Have you got the date of the game? I'm trying to find it now. It was, it was, he was, I, I want to say he was three. So it would have been in the 2006 season. I'm, I'm almost positive that would be right. Anyway, I'm certainly positive that A-Rod hit a walk-off grand slam to end it. So I can't really fault any of the fans who left last night before Aaron Judge hit his 60th home run because, frankly, I've been there. I've done that. Very quickly, you looked it up. The date of the game? April 7th, 2007. Game time temperature? 39 degrees. It was freezing. It was so cold that day. And we left early. Mike Evans' one-game suspension has been upheld, so neither Brady nor Rodgers has anyone to throw to Sunday. We'll see you tomorrow. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.